This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 23, Isn't Faith More Than a Checklist? What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Thank you for being here with me today. I am so glad you're here. I feel so honored to be your guide along this journey. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. I hope you all, whether you're here for the first time or you're a returning listener, I hope you find something in today's episode that will be helpful for you in your life to help you stand more firmly in your faith wherever you are on the covenant path. That is always my goal, and I'm so happy that you're here for the ride. For this week's review of the week, rather than a podcast review, I'm going to read another testimonial from my Shine 40 program because this is launching very soon and I'd love for you to be a part of it if that's something that you feel would be beneficial to you. This review says, the first step is always the most difficult. For me, that first step was making time and choosing to do the small and simple things the scriptures and prophets have asked us to do. I struggled with consistency and making time for God in my daily life. Doing this challenge helped me to carve out that time daily and get the habit down. Now I'm excited to really improve and go a step further in my relationship with God and to strengthen my relationship with others. Do you, like the writer of this testimonial, sometimes struggle to make time for the Lord and choose to do the small and simple things that the prophets have asked us to do? If so, you are in really good company, and perhaps my Shine 40 program could help you take that first step and then gain the momentum that you desire. At the end of this episode, I will share the details about a mini version of the Shine 40 program. It's called Shine 7, and it is a seven-day challenge that is starting next week. And it is completely free and open for enrollment today. So please stick around until the end of the episode to hear all the details and decide if this mini program is right for you. It's totally free. You have nothing to lose. But for now, let me refresh your memory about what we learned last week on the podcast. We talked about the transformative power of simple daily habits. We learned how improving by 1% each day results in massive forward momentum and lasting positive changes. If you have yet to listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back and do that. The concepts I teach there will help you create the outcomes you want in your life in a significant yet simple and doable way. They work whether we are talking about matters of faith or other aspects of self-improvement in general. But today, I want to build upon what I taught you last week by addressing a question that might be running through your mind. Lynette, you talk about tracking habits as if doing so will facilitate massive growth, both spiritual and otherwise. But isn't faith more than a checklist? The short answer, of course, faith is infinitely more than a checklist. But a checklist can and will get you going in the right direction. 
As I taught you back in episode 21, the gospel is a gospel of action. To have God's spirit with us always, we must do something. To feel the fullness of God's love and enduring peace, we must do something. To return back to live with our heavenly parents and our Savior Jesus Christ, we must do something. Or, as it turns out, we must do many things. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, verse 21, it says, When we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. Prophets have long taught the things we must do to obtain God's blessings and ultimately return back to live with Him. They also warn of things that might take us off the covenant path and away from the spiritual protection of God's laws. In recent years, President Russell M. Nelson has pleaded with us to do many things. When the prophet uses the words, I plead with you too, and then fill in the blank, we would be wise to pay attention and to listen and to follow the things that he asks us to do. I will now read a handful of prophetic pleas that have all come straight from the lips of President Russell M. Nelson over the past four years since he has been the president of the church. As I do so, I invite you to look for any patterns you might notice in his words. Number one, I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. Choose to do the spiritual work required to enjoy the gift of the Holy Ghost and hear the voice of the Spirit more frequently and more clearly. Number two, I plead with you to take a prayerful look at how you spend your time. Invest time in your future and in that of your family. If you have reasonable access to a temple, I urge you to find a way to make an appointment regularly with the Lord, to be in His holy house. Then keep the appointment with exactness and joy. Number three. Tonight, I urge you with all the hope of my heart to pray to understand your spiritual gifts, to cultivate, use, and expand them even more than you ever have. You will change the world as you do so. Number four, I plead with you who have distanced yourselves from the church and with you who have not yet really sought to know the Savior's church has been restored. Do the spiritual work to find out for yourselves and please do it now. Time is running out. Number five, I plead with you to repent. Experience the strengthening power of daily repentance, of doing better and being a little better each day. Number six, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day. And last one, number seven, this one came from a recent social media post from President Nelson. I plead with you to take charge of your testimony of Jesus Christ. Work for it. Own it. Care for it. Nurture it so that it will grow. Then watch for miracles to happen in your life. Now these seven quotes are not a comprehensive list of counsel from President Nelson. But did you notice any patterns or reoccurring themes as I read those seven different statements? One reoccurring theme that I noticed was his emphasis on spiritual work. Three times in these seven statements, he pleaded with us to do the spiritual work that we need to do. Spiritual work will not do itself. Each of us has to make it a priority. Another theme I noticed was his emphasis on making time for the Lord. 
If we are to make time, we must put forth effort. Most of us are extremely busy and time for the Lord will not simply drop into our laps. We must try to make that time a priority above all other things that might seem more pressing or interesting or fun in the moment. And remember, as our prophet also reminded us, the Lord loves effort. We don't have to be perfect at any of this stuff. I also found it intriguing that President Nelson stacked his plea for us to do the spiritual work we need to do with a statement that I will never forget. Time is running out. What does that mean? How much time do we have? He said that, by the way, three and a half years ago. And what do I need to do to make sure that I am ready and my family is ready when time actually does run out? How did you feel when you heard President Nelson say those words three and a half years ago? Did prioritizing your relationship with the Savior feel more urgent than it ever had before? And what, if any, spiritual fortifications have you orchestrated in your life in the days and months and years since then? If time is getting short until the Savior comes again, and we must do the spiritual work we need to do to cement our faith and stay firmly on the covenant path before it is too late, what does that mean for you and for me? What does that mean for our daily lives? Does it mean we can be casual in our attempts to grow spiritually and expect the windows of heaven to open on our behalf at the very moment when we need heaven's help? Does it mean we can go about our daily lives as if we had no idea that time was running out, as if President Nelson had never said those words, putting our heads into the sand and telling ourselves that all is well and we can keep doing whatever it is that we're doing? Does it mean we put the Lord at the end of our never-ending to-do list, convincing ourselves that we will make time for him when life calms down just a little bit, just not today? Or does it mean that we intentionally create space in our lives to connect with God on a daily basis? Does it mean we urgently learn to let God prevail, which according to President Nelson requires, quote, consistent daily effort to develop personal habits, to study the gospel, to learn more about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and to seek and respond to personal revelation, close quote. Did you catch that? Did he say that we need to build daily spiritual habits that will bind us to the Lord? Why, yes, yes, he did. And how do we build daily spiritual habits? We decide what habits we would like to build, and then we start doing those things every day. As we learned last week, what we measure improves. Therefore, tracking habits increases the likelihood we will actually do what we say we are going to do. And as we do those things with consistency, we experience the corresponding growth and blessings. So again, is faith a checklist? No. Can a checklist help build faith and connection to Christ? Yes. Why? Because the Lord, through both the scriptures and his prophets, has told us what we need to do if we want to build our faith. And most of those things are tasks, such as feast upon the words of Christ, which is read the scriptures and study the words of modern day prophets, pray continually, learn to hear God's voice, record and follow through with spiritual promptings, repent, make and keep sacred covenants, serve others. 
Most of these tasks are things that could be added to a to-do list or a habit tracker and repeated every day. Will daily check marks on a habit tracker strengthen faith and bind us to the Savior? No, but the actions attached to them will. Many years ago, when I was a seminary student, 15 minutes every day was the requirement for personal scripture study. Every student who met that requirement for each semester received an award. And if a student met the requirement every day for the entire school year, they received an even more prestigious award. Motivated by external rewards, I decided that I would read the scriptures for 15 minutes every day for the entire year, and I did it for four straight years. Did I gain a stronger testimony of the scriptures by reading them every day? Absolutely. Did the power of the scriptures sink into my soul? Sometimes. Did I continue the practice of daily scripture study after I left for college? No, I did not. In the absence of a reward to work for, I stopped reading every day. Instead, I only read the scriptures when I felt like it. And as a busy college student, time for scripture study did not just appear. And when I was not deliberate about making it a priority, it did not happen. And that was pretty much every day. Though I had experienced some of the benefits of daily scripture study when I was diligent about getting my study done every day, I was doing it for the wrong reasons back then. I wanted the external rewards and accolades, which I did receive, but I had not been changed by the process because I was not diligently seeking to learn about Jesus or to develop a relationship with him. I just wanted to check off a box, and consequently, that habit was very easy to let go of once the external motivators were gone. By contrast, in the year 2020, if you will recall, the Come Follow Me curriculum for that year was the Book of Mormon. As the world shut down and life as we knew it disappeared overnight, I found solace in the Book of Mormon. Each day, when I opened its pages, it felt like the stories on those pages were just for me. I saw parallels to my life in almost every chapter. The Lord spoke peace to my heart as I read and gave me additional strength to navigate the vast array of challenges that happened in that tumultuous year. I desperately wanted and needed the Lord's Spirit and His power in my life at that time, and my time in the scriptures provided that. Even though I was not perfectly consistent, I could feel the benefits of my efforts, which motivated me to continue. The scripture study habit I developed during that time has remained for nearly three years now. I still miss days from time to time. I am not perfect, but it is easy to get right back onto the wagon again the next day. Why? Because I feel the spiritual power that study gives to me, and I do not want to be without it. It is no longer about check marks or external rewards. It is about consistently doing the spiritual work that opens the windows of heaven for me, of which scripture study is a part. It is about putting myself in a position to access God's power. It is about showing up for the Lord because he has repeatedly proven to me that he will show up for me when I do the things he asks me to do. 
check marks and habit trackers are not the end goal, my friends. The goal is an enduring personal relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, a relationship that puts us in a position to hear them with greater clarity, a relationship that allows them to work miracles in our lives because we are meeting the conditions they have established for such blessings. Can check marks help us to get there? Absolutely they can. Check marks can drastically improve our consistency as we train ourselves to do the things the Lord has asked us to do. And as we do his will, he will bless us. But if the only reason we are checking off those boxes is because we quote unquote should, or because we want external rewards or accolades like I did back in my seminary days, or because it is the quote unquote right thing to do, we may not experience the permanent changes we desire. For permanent change and lasting spiritual momentum, our motivation must be rooted in something more permanent than a list of shoulds. Perhaps that something includes, as President Nelson said, a quest to find out for ourselves whether or not the Lord's gospel is really true and what that means for each of us in our individual circumstances. Perhaps it includes doing the spiritual work we must do to create an unbreakable bond between ourselves and God because we cannot imagine an eternity without him. Maybe it means admitting that we are fallible and weak and that we need his power in our lives if we are to navigate our latter-day maze of confusion without being deceived by ideas that are intriguing but not true, and then doing what we must do to have access to that power every single day, wherever you are on the covenant path. I invite you to consider what spiritual work you personally must do to move forward and then commit to doing that work. If it involves daily tasks, a checklist or habit tracker is an excellent tool to get you moving in the right direction. But remember, the check marks are not your end goal. They are simply a means to help you develop an unshakable relationship with God and have greater access to his power in your life. If you would like help getting started along that journey, I am hosting a free seven-day challenge called Shine 7 that begins next Thursday, September 8th. Over those seven days, I will help you jumpstart your spiritual momentum by showing you how to implement a series of four simple spiritual habits. Each of these habits are backed by prophetic promises of increased spiritual strength and protection. These habits truly can help you transform your faith in a lasting, meaningful way. I realize that seven days will not cement a habit, but it will get you going in the right direction. And throughout the week, I will teach you several tips and tricks that will help you remain consistent long after that seven-day challenge is complete. I don't know when I'm going to offer this challenge again. So if you're even considering it, I invite you to jump on board now. Once the challenge begins on September 8th, you will no longer be able to join. It is free, so you have absolutely nothing to lose and so much to gain. You can sign up with the link in the show notes and feel free to share that link with all of your friends who might be interested because when you do the challenge with a friend, you will increase your chances of success exponentially. 
I hope to see you on the inside. I hope you will join me over there. But in the meantime, keep pressing forward, my friend, and together, let's stand. I will see you back here again next week. Thanks for being here. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.